0: welcome welcome everybody to check the mark i'm mark lucero thank you for tuning in we are in grass season i'm in london i've been here this week for the queen's club tournament my first time at the queen's club in london it's tucked away in the kensington area you just pop into this neighborhood and all of a sudden there's a a huge grass court club in the middle of it pretty neat pretty cool my first time coming here it's one of the clubs obviously you hear about a lot as a kid and as a fan of the game it's maybe the most prestigious grass court tournament, particularly on the men's side and the women's side. You have a couple other events that are pretty well known, but this is a cool event for me. Like I said, first time attendee and it has not disappointed. Today we have a great guest. I'm going to have a chat a little later with Allison Risk. It's tough to talk about grass court season without thinking about Allie. Allie really broke through back in 2010. We'll talk about it later in the interview, but she broke through with a couple really big grass court seasons and she became this this threat, this this dangerous floater that you didn't want to see in the draws. Over time, obviously, the rest of her game kind of caught up with those grass court results. And she's really built a nice career winning titles. Uh, a bunch of different cities. Tianjin, I think, was her first one on hard courts in China. She'd won a bunch of grass court tournaments for Togenbosch, Nottingham, uh, Surbiton, which is a huge challenger. And like I said, she's a threat to anyone on the grass. She's really rounded out a nice career. In the last few years, she's peaked inside the top 20, I believe at number 18. Right now, she's sitting at 35. And aside from all those accolades, the Fed Cup champion as well, Billie Jean King Cup, now it's called, Ali is one of the great people on tour, Grace. a great sense of humor, a really nice human being. And uh, she is the first two-time guest on my show. And so really grateful to her for coming on. That being said, getting back to the grass, over the years, the mix of the grass has changed. The commentators on TV love to talk about how the wear patterns of the court have changed. You know, back in the day you'd see the server's spot on the ad side and the do side. You'd see like a nice wear-out pattern there. And you see the path to the net, the little path through the middle of the court, right to the split step zone. And then from there you'd see kind of a an in like, like a V shaped towards the volley spots. And the rest of the court is pretty green. Now the grass courts are wearing much differently. You'll pretty much see from sideline to sideline a two-foot area north and south and then the whole 27 to 36 feet east and west worn out because a lot of players are rallying from the baseline inside the court is staying very green because not as many players are moving forward that being said grass is still grass even though players are rallying from the baseline grass still has some of its old school properties that reward attacking tennis it rewards good serves it rewards slices it rewards people that hit the ball flat and through the court the mix of the grass has changed. I think that's one of the reasons why the ball has slowed down. It's sort of upped the friction coefficient. The mix of grass now, I think it's nearly entirely this perennial rye. They call it. it used to be a mix. I think of rye and bluegrass or red grass, some other weird grass. <laughs> I'm not a, I don't know if it's a horticulturist or a microbiologist. Um, I don't know what that means. I do know that the grass is a little bit firmer. It's a little more resilient because of the, Properties it causes, I think, a little bit of firmer blade that causes a little firmer bounce. I think it also coincides with a grounds crew that does a really, really good job on all these courts at all the clubs. That actually, the All England Club lends their groundskeepers out to the different tournaments on the grass circuit to try to do a better job creating more uniform grass courts throughout the entire season, whether it's other tournaments in England, whether it's Mallorca, whether it's in Germany. It's pretty interesting how Wimbledon's really taken an interest in creating a more robust grass court season and a higher quality court for the players to count on as they prepare. Probably to encourage them, frankly, to play and to keep grass as an important part of our tennis season and really the tennis ecosystem. A lot of players will rent apartments here in London for a month, especially the men's side, because you have Queens, which is in London, There's another tournament in Eastbourne that some players choose to play. Eastbourne's about an hour and a half away by train. And then you have the championships of Wimbledon, which you'll hear a lot of people around town, especially with their British accents, talk about like the championships. As Americans, we call it Wimbledon. That's the name of the town. But interesting just shorthand. Uh, Wimbledon is a town in the southwest part of London. Southwest 19, that's part of the zip code, as we would say in the U.S., you'll see SW19 signs all over the place. Wimbledon, the town, has two parks. There's Wimbledon Park on one side. If you're looking at a map, it's on the left. There's Wimbledon Common on the right. Wimbledon Common is a more unkempt version of Wimbledon Park. Wimbledon Common is sort of this very green area with a little mini forest that surrounds a large grassy grassy expanse in the middle. In between these two parks lie some really nice houses and the all england club which is where all the action at the tennis happens a lot of players will choose to stay in this area just because the traffic can be brutal if you're trying to get in the city staying in hotels it just just, is very inconvenient so a lot of players will choose to take an apartment for the month and stay in that apartment in the wimbledon area or in the wimbledon park area which is just adjacent to the club that can maybe about a 10-15 minute walk to the club or Southfields, which is the T stop, the tube stop, excuse me, in in Boston we call it the T. In London we call it the tube. It's the tube, the metro stop, closest to the All England Club. That's about 20 minutes uh, straight shot walking along Wimbledon Park Road. So it's just very convenient to be able to stay in one place during the Queen's Tournament. If you go to Eastbourne, you can pop on the train, come back, you don't have to take all your stuff with you, and then you're back in the same place. So it just feels a little more like home. It's also going to be a little more cost efficient too than staying in these hotels in London that can really cost an arm and a leg this time of year because it's peak tourist season. It's also nice to just get in that habit, getting your coffee, whatever it is you like to do, getting all sorted out. All that being said, it's a great time of year and let's get to someone who really enjoys this time of year, my good friend Allison Risk. All right, my guest now on Check the Mark, Allison Risk. Hey, Allie, first time first two-time guest on Check the Mark. Welcome.
1: Wow, you almost forgot that I was already on here once before, didn't you?
0: No, I didn't. (laughs) I meant it was the the first time someone was coming back for the second time.
1: Oh oh my gosh, wow. I am honored. That's really cool.
0: Well, me too. I'm honored that you said yes. I I was going
1: to get a a call back, so I'm I'm grateful.
0: (laughs) Well, the last time (laughs) we spoke, do you remember? Of course I do. When was it?
1: I I remember that we chatted. Oh, where was I?
0: Yeah, specifically.
1: Oh. Oh, Mark. You (laughs) got me on that. Was it grass season as well?
0: No. This was when you were coming out of the hard lockdown in Melbourne.
1: Oh.
0: And then proceeded to make a final.
1: Well, that's exactly um, exactly why I forgot about it, because we don't want to remember those times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, this is much happier occasion. We are in England. I'm in birthday. London. You're in Birmingham. This is your happy yeah. season. How do you feel going to the grass? Let's talk about it.
1: Oh my gosh. Um yeah, I mean, honestly, this year it's really exciting being that, you know, things are back to normal and you know we're able to to leave our hotel rooms. Not that I necessarily do that often anyway, but
0: um, Well, that's something I want to get to later, but, too. Um,
1: Okay, okay, we'll revisit. Um, but honestly, it's just, I feel like that, especially during this time of year, being in Europe, being in England, being able to experience the culture and um, just enjoying the little things about travel is what makes this special. So I'm, I'm very grateful things are back to normal. I love being, um, obviously, on the grass, which is, you know, my favorite time of year. I had a good start. I played in Nottingham last week. Um, I did, unfortunately, lose in the final, um, and then I came to Birmingham, and um, I played Katie Bolter, who honestly, uh, she played exceptional, and I was actually very, very impressed um, with the level that she brought. So it was, uh, it was a tough day, but uh, I have a couple of days to relax um, before uh, starting up again in Eastbourne.
0: It's interesting. Stevie lost the other day to an English guy, and it's, it's interesting how the English players raise their game playing in their home country events, especially on the grass, obviously.
1: It is so true. And honestly, I think there needs to be a case study on that because it is just (laughs) exceptional. And they have so many results during this time of year. And obviously, you know, they probably spent more time on the grass than the rest of us since we don't have easy access to grass courts pretty much anywhere else in the world. But um, it is – it's exceptional. The results are just – they never, you know, they never fail during this time of year. So I'm impressed by that.
0: Well, you rarely fail this time of year either. Uh, early in your career, <laughs> w- when you were still kind of working your way up the rankings, you had a couple really big grass seasons in 2010 and 2011, kind of coming out of Quali's, going deep in Birmingham, and then 2011, same thing in Birmingham and deep in Nottingham. What was it? I imagine you didn't play a lot in grass early in your, <laughs> like in your junior career. What was it about coming over here that sort of enabled that early breakthrough prior to the rest of your career kind of catching up with where you were on grass? Yeah, it's
1: actually really interesting. I think I've thought about it a little bit. And, um, you know, this is my 13th year on tour. So I've been around for quite a while. But it really I, I wouldn't say until like the last, um, I'd say six, seven years, did I really maybe even five, six years, did they really start having success on other surfaces beside you know, grass and, you know, the occasional hardcore. And so um, I think my game at the time, I, uh, you know, I always have moved pretty well on the surface, which I think um, has definitely been, um, you know, something that not everyone can say on the grass. And I think as well, I just hit a really, I, I hit a really flat ball. Um, my swings are really short and, um, I like to come, come into the net and it's actually interesting. I've had this conversation with my coach currently is I haven't felt like just in these last couple of weeks that things have been flowing as easily as they have in the past. And it's interesting because I think that I've had some more success on other surfaces. And I think I'm just a better tennis player all around now than I was prior. And my swings are a little bit different. I have a little bit bigger back swings and things are just, a, a little different, it's kind of interesting because um, I felt that this year, and um, eh, honestly, I've had more success this year on, on court than I have in any other year of my career, and so it's just kind of interesting, the evolution of myself as a tennis player. Obviously, I still love the grass just the same, and I do feel as comfortable on it, but I do think that things um, aren't, as, aren't flowing as easily as they have when I, I first came onto it earlier in my career when I was pretty raw and my my strokes weren't uh, maybe as uh, technically sound as I would say maybe they are now.
0: It's an interesting point of view. I'm curious the way that you describe that. So how much of success on grass, not just for you, but for all players, are you willing to be, kind of have that adaptability? How much of it is attitude?
1: Yeah, well, God, I think, what we do in general is just 100% attitude. I mean, if I could just be like, uh, you know, have Simona Halep attitude every day, I think I would, I would do great. But that's the most challenging part about what we do is just having, um, you know, the right perspective, the right attitude, and like you say, the adaptability. I mean, we it's so challenging what we do because we do play on different surfaces. We play in different environments. We play indoor, outdoor, we play, you know, it's just always evolving, always changing. And I think, um, if you're not open to that, um, it makes for a really difficult time. Um, and so I think, uh, attitude is 100% the name of the game. And, you know, it's something that I always, um, I'm constantly, um, thinking of, working on and, and trying to get better at because it really uh it really is a is a challenging thing that we do
0: so i want to know how you put together your grass schedule i was looking through your player record <laughs> early no no i'm serious early in your career you were playing a ton in england you know nottingham birmingham eastbourne i was looking over the last couple of years like 2018 2019 you played Mallorca, went deep there you won her togenbosch how do you figure out which cities to play in when you've won so much in all of them?
1: Well, basically, if there's a grass, I'm going to play every league. So if there is a grass tournament on the schedule, I'm there. I don't care if it's back, 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 back. <laughs> um, I will I will be there. Um, I think this year, honestly, I I had every intention of going to play Sir Targenbosch in Berlin. I love trying to play different tournaments just because I, I have been on tour for a while, and I think seeing different cities is is one of the perks of this instead of going back to the same place time and time again. So I've never been to Berlin. It was only on the schedule as of last year. So, um, and I have one sort of Bosch in in 2019. So I was looking forward to going back, but you know what, with everything that happened um, with the Russian players, et cetera, et cetera, um, the draws were stacked. So I was yeah. like, I am going elsewhere. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of how I fell back on, you know, doing uh, Nottingham, Birmingham and, um, you know, I was playing uniform for no matter what. So that's kind of how that unfolded. Um, I hope I have the chance to go back uh, maybe next year and potentially play Berlin um, and see that city. I've heard it's an awesome town. So I think um, it would be really cool to, to see something different.
0: So you're talking about seeing the city as Allie, I know you as someone who likes to hunker down in the hotel room order food in
1: don't give away all my secrets, Mark.
0: no but I'm gonna say recently I see all these Instagram photos you and Stephen hitting you know this restaurant or seeing that chef how, how do you how do we uh, well, that how do we that's process all this
1: to my husband. I am I'm so I'm I'm very blessed that I married Stephen, because if it weren't for him, I would literally never see a human being. I would never leave my room. I would never have any cool life experiences, <laughs> and that truly is is the truth. And I know you know that very <laughs> deeply. So, um, honestly, stephen has been able to travel with me um, for for this whole entire Europe trip, which honestly has been. It's been amazing. Clay court season is always a little challenging for me. Um, so just to have someone there that can kind of take my mind off of, you know, the matches, the losses <laughs> is, <laughs> is always beneficial. And I think we've, we've been so fortunate to know so many wonderful people that have, um, you know, gone out of their way to give us experiences um, that I'll, I'll never forget. And um You know, we did have a wonderful dinner in Paris, and it's something we always look forward to with with a friend, and um, those are the things that make my career memorable for me, and um, yeah, but I I must say, it is my husband. He can get all credit for that, because otherwise, it would be Uber Eats every night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... This year, during the Clay season, you had a little break. I think it was, I don't know if it was after Rome or before Rome, when I saw that you guys went to Florence. Tell me a little bit about that. I think that's so cool.
1: Yes. Oh, well, first of all, you're welcome anytime. Well, thank you. And I do not give that invitation out uh, to just anyone, because I'm very protective of the Tuscany sanctuary that we have. <laughs> um, but it was through, See, when Stephen was playing on tour... Um, he had a, uh, one of the guys that was playing with him coaches at this place called Matchball Forense in, um, in, in Tuscany and so he made the connection a couple years ago and honestly I have spent I've spent almost uh, I, I'd say six weeks training there just uh, when I come to Europe and you know I have a break or I, I don't have success in that that week so I need somewhere to go and train and it's just kind of a reprieve from. The, the day-to-day chaos that you know we do at tournaments and seeing the same people and doing the same things so it's really honestly it's been a blessing the people are fantastic there they have a bunch of different um young kids that just play tennis for fun but they're all freaking good and so i just i hit with them um they have a, a great gym i train there we go into the city at night and have our have our dinners it's honestly been uh, such a blessing and actually this year um I did make one invitation. I I did uh, extend an invite to Jess Pagula, and she took me up on it. So maybe when you talk to her, you can ask her how good it was and if I'm just making it all up. (laughs)
0: No, I believe (laughs) you. The the photos looked unbelievable. (laughs) Well, I think it's so cool that you, and, and actually it seems like some other players, like some of your contemporaries too, are players that seem to be taking advantage a little more of but really, like the blessings that we have to be able to travel the world like this. When it gets so easy to get sucked into the day to day and the routine, when you don't stray from it,
1: it's so true. And I think you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I mean, God, I don't, I don't know, you know, how long I'll be able to do this. I can't even think of the day that I'll um, retire because it will be the status in my life. Um, because I really do love it, um, but. I think that it's set in a little bit more that obviously this won't last forever. And I think getting to experience, um, all the different places that we go and, and just the possibilities of things that we can do in each city, it really is endless and God, I don't even you know scrape the surface of it, but just to enjoy a special meal or, um, have, you know, um, a special time in, in, in each city that we go to, I think is just really, um, it's really special and it's, it's something I definitely do not take for granted. And um, I know they're going to be what I remember most about, about my, my time on tour.
0: Speaking of these memories, what do you look forward to most in this coming, I guess maybe a week and a half from now, when you arrive in London, when you start to get ready for Wimbledon, what do you look forward to most about that time?
1: Gosh, I, well, I feel like that list is endless. I just love London in general. I mean, um, a little fun fact is my husband and I, we actually did hire a real estate agent in London before COVID to keep an eye out for properties. We were that serious about it. You always said you were going to
0: do that. I thought you were full of it.
1: (laughs) No, we were dead serious, and we kind of still are, but it is just, it's so expensive. The stamp tax really gets you, and we just, we we weren't uh we weren't brave enough to do it I think we might have lost out on the opportunity but um we absolutely love it there so I think um just obviously Wimbledon is the highlight for us and there's nothing there's nothing like it no experience like it for me um you know in the world so I I always look forward to that moment of just getting to the site for the first time But um, on top of that, London's an amazing city, and um, I'm counting on my husband to make lots of good food reservations for
0: me. Well, Allie, (laughs) I I have a hard time topping that. Um, You know your husband, who you've referred to, which I should have mentioned earlier, Stephen Armitage, former Duke Blue Devil, former pro player former USDA national coach, and now with UTR, a man of all trades and a lawn tennis specialist, I should mention.
1: Oh, my gosh. He pays you for that. I know. <laughs> man of all trades. That's what he likes to think.
0: <laughs> well, I want to see him on the golf course. I know he's always out there with Rocket. I want to get out there and get in one of these money games of theirs.
1: Well, I cannot wait to see it. I will not be there because the last time I was there, I was banned because it's the only time Rocket's ever beat Steven.
0: oh my god oh my god listen i gotta thank you ali not just for the interview but for providing me with one of my best memories in tennis which was in 2014 when we were there together and you played maria Uh on center court that's that's to this day it's the only time i've been in there for a match and it, it was it was such a special day that was the only match being played at the time it was raining And then to be in there and just to, you know, look to my left and see David Beckham and then look down to the court and see you and and, and Maria, one of the greats, it's hard to top and I don't think it's been topped since then.
1: Well, Stevie needs to pick up his game. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I like that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, i I always am grateful for the time that we had together and all of your wisdom,
0: so... That's really well, nice. Allie, I can't wait to see you in a couple days. We'll see you in Eastbourne.
1: Yes.
0: And I wish Absolutely. you, you know, obviously always pulling for your success, but wish you luck in Eastbourne and at Wimbledon. And I can't wait to see what happens in these next couple weeks for you.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Mark. We'll see you soon.
0: That's it for today. Big thank you. Huge thank you to Ali Risk. Can't wait to see her play in a couple days. It's really, really fun to watch her on the grass. This has been another episode of Check the Mark subscribe rate and review and tell a friend put it out there on twitter let them know you're listening to check the mark hashtag and hit me up at mark lucero on twitter at mark lucero on instagram and give me some ideas tell me who you want me to interview what you want me to talk about you want to know about the tennis balls you want to know about the slazengers. whatever it is hit me up enjoy the matches coming up you see some crazy stuff on grass you see some close matches you see some inexplicable results sometimes because One person serving well, one person can't time the return quite right, or you see a ball hit the chalk and just check straight up instead of bouncing through the court. Man, these grass courts will keep you on your toes. Enjoy, like I said, the tennis next couple weeks. I am...